Hello and welcome back to the Prosecco Sessions, a weekly podcast discussing a host of topics over a glass of fizz or two. Hello and welcome back to the Prosecco Sessions. Today's topic of conversation involves glitter, sequins, music and warm ciders. That's right, it's festival time. I'm joined by the gorgeous festival blogger and podcaster, Jessie from Where's My Tent? And we are going to discuss just why festivals are actually the best. So let's pour a glass and begin. Jessie, thank you very much for coming on the Prosecco Sessions. I'm really excited to talk to you about festivals. Yay, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's interesting to be on somebody else's podcast. I love it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've listened into a few of your, your ones that you've put out already. And uh, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I get to sit here and drink wine and talk about my favourite subject, which is festivals. So Happy excellent. Days. Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question to you would be, how many festivals have you been to and which ones? Oh, uh, wow. You put me on the spot there. Um, the <laughs> I do actually have the exact number written on my blog. I'm trying to keep like a, a sort of list going so I don't forget any. Um, but last time I checked, it was upwards of 75. Whoa, so, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been, um, well, I'm, I'm 31 now and I've been going to festivals since I was 17. Um, and there's, I mean, there's been some years where I've done, you know, like 10 or 12 festivals a year so it's been yeah it's been it's been quite manic especially the last couple of years since I started the blog it's been quite manic I I will say that's not 75 necessarily camping festivals I'd probably say 20 25 of those are like daytime yeah you know ones so I mean I don't think there's really enough weekends to for me to have gone to that many you know four day weekend ones but um but yeah uh which ones well a lot um I mean, Glastonbury is my one that I've been going to the, the longest. Yeah. Um, it would have been 11 this year in 2020, uh, but I'm on 10 at the moment. Um, and then apart from that, some of my favourites, uh, Boomtown Fair, Shambhala, Noisily is a really great small one. Um, what else have we got in there? Uh, Nordstock as well is a great one. I've been to Download loads of times. Oh, that was one cool. of the first ones that I went to because, you know, I was a rock girl, I was a teenager and still am at heart. Yeah. You know? um yeah so loads loads wow. of wow I didn't realize I thought you were gonna say like a lot but 75 is insane <laughs> yeah yeah I mean this is the thing I look back at that number and I go god yeah I do spend most of my time in fields in the summer that is pretty much my <laughs> life now oh one other one I know that we're going to talk about this later because it was one of the things we spoke about beforehand but secret garden party <gasps> RIP oh, that was such a good one wasn't it I, I missed that one um, but yeah. that one. Oh, <laughs> so <God>. good <laughs> See, I feel really basic now. I've done like Fee Festival, um, rest in peace as well to that one, I guess. Yeah. Glastonbury, I've done the once. I've done Wilderness, Secret Garden Party, a smaller one called Strawberries and Cream. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there's some others in there, but I just can't remember what they're called. So yeah, I've done like, I feel like really basic compared to you. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. Like you've done, you know, you've done a range there. There's some day ones, there's some weekend ones. I mean, Glastonbury is it's amazing but it's a long old slog it's a good yeah. six days essentially and it is that is mammoth if you can survive Glastonbury then I'm impressed you're a proper festival goer yeah <laughs> well I wanted to do um secret garden party as well for 10 years on the trot 
I managed to get to nine and then they cancelled it. So that was quite gutting for me. <laughs> oh, you did nine. That's impressive. I did five, I think. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, nine is impressive. You must have gone. I heard the early days were amazing of that one. Yeah, as well. pretty mental, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it just got bigger and bigger, which I don't know. It kind of lost its charm a little bit. But no, it was an amazing festival. And, yeah, uh, I find that sometimes then they, when they grow, you sort of go, mm, it's missing something. But you've got to say the last SGP was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. There was something about that particular one that everything was just perfect. The weather was perfect. Yeah. The vibe was amazing. Um, yeah, that that probably is is probably my top five ever, I reckon. Maybe even top three ever. That last ever SGP was really, really good. I full on cried when they did the fireworks. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think I was bawling in the crowd as well. <laughs> I was like, this is the end. It's so sad. <laughs> oh. So obviously festivals aren't just about music. There is so much more to them. Um, mm-hmm. Things like festival fashion, which I know you're big on. So what inspires your festival fashion? Oh, um, I guess I just like things, I mean, really sparkly, obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I've got these like staple skater dresses that I've worn for years that are all in various patterns, etc., bright colours. And then I tend to, I sort of started by just dressing those up with, I don't know, little sequin jackets or headdresses yeah. or um, some harnesses or some, you know, I know fishnet tights and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I've got braver uh, over the years. Um, that, that's actually, in fact, that's an awful thing to say. I take that back. Um, but I, I think it's more I've got more confident in myself. Um, yeah. What I mean by that is, like, I'm, I'm at the, the bigger end of the scale of, of non-plus size. I'm like a 16 to 18 size. Yeah. And um, let's just say, I, I mean, I listened to your other podcast about, um, you know, f- uh, fashion and sizing and thing, and that was, that was a really, really good one. Um, and I just find festival fashion... A lot of it is marketed to, you know, the size six, eight, ten, yeah. which is fine. But you know, when you when you're looking to put together an outfit inspiration and you're scrolling on Instagram and the only girls who are wearing like, you know, sort of rave outfits of crop tops and little shorts are, are, are one size, and you think to yourself, well, I f- I'd feel a bit silly wearing that myself. And it took me a number of years to kind of get over that, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, and, and things are really going in the right direction. I think the other thing is also a lot a lot of festival fashion brands until recently didn't make up to my size. So I had to kind of improvise and, and find the odd piece here and there. Um, you know, I had to use things like ASOS, which, you know, I'm all for most of the time, but I quite like to support, you know, smaller independent brands. But when yeah. they don't make your size, it's quite difficult to do that. Definitely. Um, but I've definitely got a lot more brave. So, so and, no, in fact, again, I've said it again, but... <laughs> I've, I've become a lot more you know uh a bit of a well who cares kind of um I guess outlook on life uh and I'm you'll you will now see me in like a sequin crop top and some little shorts and you know a harness and a bra and that kind of thing I just kind of think you know what I'm in my happy place I want to have fun I want to wear this so I will so yeah good yeah. for you for doing that because it is about enjoying yourself at the end of the day yeah yeah exactly and I'm hoping that you know, with my blog and stuff, that if more people see people of of any size wearing these things, hopefully it will become more mainstream. But who knows? Yeah, I think for me with the styling, I've I am drawn to the sequins and um, mm. like um, oh, what's her name, Rosa Bloom. Oh yes, all love of her Rosa stuff. Bloom. Always lusted after that. But I think like a lot of um, more sort of smaller independent 
festival brands have popped up, which is great as well. Um, mm. And as well, <laughs> I'm, I'm like you, I'm not like tiny. So I felt the same in that a lot of clothing was sort of aimed towards the tinier people. Um, mm. But yeah, you try and just sort of embrace it, I guess. And um, I think as well, I've always made a lot of my stuff to take with me. So like mm. um, the hats they wear at like Burning Man that are like... Uh, military hats that are covered in like gems and stuff I've made one of those before things like that so yeah it's just about being experimental but that's one of the things I love about festivals is just seeing what everyone's wearing I just am like mesmerized by all these creative people yeah it's amazing isn't it you know I, I think you're right there definitely make what you can is the way to do it um uh, and and you, I always see people at festivals, and I, I'm the I'm the one that runs up to someone and goes, "Oh, where did you get that?" Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me running up like, "Oh my god, I love it." Um, but I think I, I I normally just start with like one piece, uh, and then you know with one thing I go right, okay, I want to wear, I don't know this thing today, and then, you know, uh, some people plan out their festival outfits months beforehand, and they package them all up correctly for when they get to the festival. They go, and they know exactly what they're going to wear. But I'm the sort of person that in the morning I will just I'll have chucked everything in the bag, yeah. And then in the morning I'll put one thing on and go, yeah, I want to wear this. And then it will be just a mishmash. I'll you know add this bit on, put this hat on. I'm not very coordinated, I will say. It's very much. I think I live by the mantra: more is more at oh, festivals. Oh yes, oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so it will be like big bling necklace, fluffy earrings, massive hat you know fishnet tights whatever it's just I'll just put more and more on until I kind of go yeah I feel like I'm ready now oh I love it I'd love to do but I never will because I'm too scared is there, you know how some people just walk around with nipple tassels on I'm like yes go for you but for, for me I'm like no I don't think I could pull that off <laughs> yeah it, do you know what that's something I've been like trying to work up to but um I, one thing I tried this this uh I say this year last year last festival season um was I did do that, but I wore like a mesh top over the top. Ah, oh, okay. So it didn't look too, you know, it's only when you looked closely kind of thing yeah. that you could tell that it was like that. But um, that was quite fun. And it feels quite nice, if I'm honest. It's quite freeing. Quite liberating, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, people like that, I, I just love it. I'm, I, one day I will, I will be 100% comfortable in myself and that is what I will do. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm on the path. I'm almost there, but... You're building yeah. to it. Building to it, yeah. <laughs> we should do it together, me and you. We yeah, should we should. Like, yeah, now's the time. <laughs> <laughs> Have you made any friendships at festivals at all? Um, yeah, uh, what sticks out? So, I mean, a lot of my, you know, my friend group at festivals has kind of built over the years. You know, people who started to go, oh, I'd love to go to one. This is kind of my outside festival friend group. And then that's just kind of grown and grown as people add in. Yeah. Um, but people I've met there, um, well, I have to say, like, so I used to do festivals. Before I started the blog, um, I used to go to so many festivals because I used to volunteer at them. So, oh, cool. Uh, I mainly used to work for, like, Oxfam as a festival steward. Um, but I also worked for... Um, company called my cause uh, and another one called Festaff. so that was the way I used to go to so many festivals you know for free in inverted commas yeah um and like earn some money for the charities which was great and and through that you do make loads of friends uh just because you're put on shift with people so you end up chatting to them and you you've got your own 
separate camping area and stuff like that and it's a really like family feel when you're when you're volunteering at a festival yeah I've got some Oxfam friends that I've known for years like um the one story I always say is that the first ever Oxfam festival I did was Beautiful Days in 2013 um and I went uh, as a steward it was the first time I went as a steward um and I went because none of my friends wanted to go to that festival and I was desperate to go because Frank Turner was headlining <gasps> oh, I'm a massive Frank Turner fan love him. um yeah he's brilliant isn't he yeah. so I, I was desperate to go so I went you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna steward it and just hope that I'm not on shift when he's on I was very lucky that I wasn't um but as I was walking into that festival like on my own backpack on carrying my tent I was walking in, I just got my wristband from the accreditation thing and I walked in uh, and this guy with a crazy hat on was sort of walking the other way and kind of stopped me and went, are you with Oxfam? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, are you here with anyone? Do you need somewhere to camp? And I went, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to, yeah, if, if, that would be great. And he sort of went, okay, yeah, just head over, we're just over there. I'm just going to the loo, head to that big tent there, pitch up there and I'll come and say hi in a minute. Oh, that's um, wicked. Yeah, that guy's name's Graham, and I've, well, now been friends with him for seven years. I went to his wedding in 2016 or 17. No way. Um, and yeah, we're just really, really good mates. Um, and sort of through him, I met loads of people for Oxfam, and that's, they've kind of become my uh, my little Oxfam friend group. Um, and I guess beyond that, the only other one that really, really sticks out is one of my really good friends now is called Dulcie. Um, she lives in Bristol. And I met her at a secret garden party, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she's a bit like me. She actually is a festival blogger as well. Um, but at the time, she was, she'd sort of started it and then, uh, you know, hadn't posted anything for about a year. Um, she spotted me in the crowd and went, oh, I know you, you, you've just started that blog, haven't you? Where's my tent? And I went, yeah. And so we got chatting and then became friends. And then, yeah, we because she goes to as many festivals as me, every single one we'd meet up and have a drink and have a dance and now we're like really good mates we plan to go to festivals together so yeah it's a really good way to meet meet people that is really cool I haven't <laughs> had any friends that I've sort of you know been as close to as, as you have but there's been people I've met one year and then seen them like the following year and even yeah. staff at Secret Garden Party I've sort of seen them multiple years and had a drink with them and stuff but it's really cool that you've actually made really good friends through festivals yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I think, you know, people ask me that and say, you know, you must meet so many people. But when when you're not working at a festival, I, I, I tend to find, you know, even if you're in a group of, say, five, six mates, you, a lot of the time, you're quite um, inward looking with your mates, if you know what I mean. You yeah. have a great time and you might have random interactions with the odd one person. Do you know what I mean? You say hi to someone at the bar or, I don't know, you're at some, I don't know, crochet workshop and you, you know you get chatting to someone for 10 minutes but you don't really form that like necessarily like long friendship maybe someone you're camped next to but yeah. when you're working at a festival it's it's almost you're that's the environment where you're going to meet people and and kind of develop those longer standing festivals uh, sorry longer standing friendships let's say I suppose they're like your festival family for the weekend so yeah exactly they're what's going to help you through like when you're on a really horrible overnight shift and it's raining and whatever you know th these are the people who are going to be stood there with you or you know they might be driving the tea van round to you so there'll be like this you know beautiful light at three in the morning when the tea van comes around you're like oh a cup of tea oh, so these amazing. are the people that actually you know get you through the day so
So when it comes to festivals, as we've mentioned, obviously it's not just about music. There's also a lot of random stuff that goes on. What is Mm -hmm. the most random thing you've ever done at a festival? Oh, that is a tough question. (laughs) I Um, I can imagine there's a multitude of things that you've done. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's loads of things. I mean, you know, the the more tame end of things is like Glastonbury craft fields. You can do things like make a bracelet from a spoon or, you know, I just mentioned crochet workshop. I, you know, I was really hung over one morning at Glastonbury and walking through the craft fields and this lady went, do you want to learn how to crochet? And me and my friend just kind of went, uh, yeah, all right. And we sat there for two hours while hung over. Oh it was gosh. really nice. <laughs> just in the sun learning how to crochet. Um, but the more random ones, uh, well, a- actually I've got two. So one of my favorite things to do, um, I know they're at Glastonbury and I know they're at Shambhala. They might be doing other festivals as well. Um, is something called power ballad yoga. I don't know um, what this is, but it sounds amazing. Yeah, oh, it is. <laughs> it's, um, well, the best thing is that their, their their tagline is almost like asterisk, not actually yoga, um, which we found out. We went. We, I took my friends there um, to, at Glastonbury last year, and uh, just because somebody had recommended it to me, so we got up on the Thursday. Uh, and two of my friends had bought yoga mats specifically for this. So they, they got their yoga mats and went on down. And yeah, they're not wrong. It's not, it's not yoga. But <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, it's this amazing like lady, I think she calls herself Kitty. And she dresses up in like spandex and a crazy like 80s wig. And they put on these like power ballads. And then she teaches you these routines that you can tell are like based on yoga. So there's things like, sort of lunges and like thrusting and stuff and then there's like air guitar and uh she calls like stadium clap where you put your hands up in the middle you know and clap <laughs> in the middle um and it's just very silly it was really really busy and it's just an hour of 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 silly dancing and and singing along at the top of your voice to some classic power ballads it's brilliant Epic. <laughs> <laughs> um and what was the other one? Oh yeah so one other thing uh Shambhala is known for its random workshops um that's kind of a lot of the things that you do at Shambhala. Like they have, they have less big bands, but they have loads of other stuff, which is what I love about it. Um, and two of the things we did there, one of them was called sensory speed dating. Ooh. Um, <laughs> mm, so you go along and then they, it's, uh, it's by a company who are called Gorilla Science or it's the Gorilla Science tent. Uh, and they, so you end up doing speed dating with the people sat near you but uh each time one of your senses is deprived and then they talk you through it and then one of you so you know one of them is like you feed a chocolate strawberry to the other one (laughs) another one is if you're blindfolded they like they lean forward and whisper what they had for breakfast in your ear and things it's very weird it's very good fun (laughs) yeah really good fun (laughs) i think for me the the random things i've done were They've always been at Secret Garden Party. I don't know what that says, but there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them's been naked knitting. where Naked knitting? Yeah. Okay. So you know um, where they had like the village sort of area? Yes, yeah, yeah. So we had to knit um, an outfit basically for the vicar to wear on, on the Sunday. And they said, oh, come and do it naked. So my friends weren't interested. I don't know why I just had this this thing about going and doing it so I went into a tent with a bunch of women just sat around chatting and knitting for an hour in the news as you do so Amazing. that was pretty cool and quite um freeing I should say so um I would yeah. definitely try it if you've ever got the um the, the opportunity I don't know how often naked knitting comes up but you never know <laughs> 
did you uh did you do the mud wrestling at, yes. um, at SGP? You yeah. did, yeah. Yeah, I sucked at it. I was rubbish. I got completely wiped out, but it was amazing. <laughs> oh, I would be terrible, but I remembered watching that and going, God, that looks like fun. It is so good. So filthy, get... but so good. <laughs> well that's what I was gonna say. Did you did you get to have a shower afterwards or did you I just went and just... jumped in the lake. Jumped in the lake, yeah. I, I thought like, you were gonna say that. That'll really. do, that'll do. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, SGP was full of that. I think we did um we did a mermaid lesson one year, which was at the side of the lake and you um they, they've got mermaid tails and then they teach you how to supposedly swim in them. But all of us when we actually got in the lake it, the lake this was the um the really shallow part of the lake. Yeah. But all of us when we got in with the mermaid tails were rubbish. Like <laughs> couldn't do it at all. <laughs> but yeah, it was very fun just to sit on the side and, you know, flap your mermaid tail around and look all, you know beautiful and, and mermaidy for for a morning it was good <laughs> amazing i think for anyone that's never been to a festival i don't know perhaps if they realize there's all this other weird and wonderful stuff that goes on but i think it's worth sort of mentioning this stuff in case they just think it's just music which some of them are but the more fun ones have like weird and wonderful stuff going on so oh yeah 100 this is what um this is kind of why i started writing the blog actually because you know a lot of people when they decide what festival to go to they look at the lineup and that's all they look at they yeah. kind of go right okay you know which lineup best you know is, is has got the most people that I want to see but I don't think I choose festivals by everything else yeah and if the lineup's great then the lineup's great if it's not oh well not if it's not it'll always be good but if it doesn't have names on there that I'm you know really really bothered about then I just think well I'll find my own fun you get there there's so many other things to do you know, this is why I, I don't want to slag off any festivals, but when you when you think of ones like your Reading, et cetera, um, and it's all the Reading and Leeds is what I mean, um, when they've got such big name artists, and, and that's great, but there's no atmosphere. You yeah. sort of go, you stand, you watch a band, then you move to a different stage and you watch a band. And, and that's fine for some people, but I, I go to festivals for all the fun moments, you know, those moments where you're belly laughing with your friends and yeah. maybe rolling around on the floor and throwing glitter at your mate or something like that. I know that's the stuff that I, I rarely remember. When I come home after a festival, people say, oh, who did you see? Who did you see? I might remember two or three people that really, really stick out. But the rest of it, I go, saw some great music. I, you know, I'll, I'll look it up later, who it was that I saw or, you know, but that's not what I remember. I remember all the little things in between and, and the fun stuff you do with your friends. So I definitely don't look at a lineup when I'm choosing a festival. Yeah, 100%. I'm the same. Like with Secret Garden Party, I never really was bothered by who was playing. Um, mm. I just knew it was a fun festival. So, but at the same time, I would sometimes look at the lineup and think, "Oh, I don't know any of these, or I don't know many of them," and think that sounds like an interesting band. Like look them up, and maybe listen yeah. to their music beforehand and think, "Oh, I'd actually like to go and see them." So you kind of find out small little bands that way which is quite cool so yeah it's a good way it's a good thing to do your research definitely before you go if you think like right okay what's some fun things that you know I can go and see some festivals they give out um a program and they're quite good just to sort of go right okay what can I see today and you and, and they give a little description of who they are but a lot of the time at festivals I just wander around yeah and yeah. with my friends and kind of go oh that sounds good and we sort of you know divert into that tent or we carry on you know we have a a destination of say right at 3 p.m we're going to watch this band on this stage and we just meander there really slowly like three hours beforehand yeah. and then whatever we hear on the way we might stop and have a dance there for 20 minutes 
might stop and have a dance there for another half an hour and then we get to our just do you know what I mean so it's, yeah. it's more of a follow your ears and then you'll discover new people it's the way to do it really and let's be honest with the best will in the world even if you had a plan you're never going to stick to it like you're going to miss certain oh, yeah. bands and yeah it's a shame but you would have been distracted by something really hilarious or just interesting and gone and done that for half an hour and thought oh crap I've missed the first half oh well like you know that's just the way it goes Oh yeah, big time. Uh, Glastonbury is is the worst for that. You can always tell somebody who's never been to Glastonbury before because the lineup comes out and the set times come out and they're the ones that send to their WhatsApp group that say like, right, on Thursday, I'm going to see this band at 11.30 on this stage. Then at 12.30, I'm going to see this band on this stage. Then at 2.30, I'm going to, do you know what I mean? They yeah. have these lists like time by time by time. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about this on, uh, on Dastercast, but we sort of go, right, you know scratch all of that think of the the maybe have like five maybes in a day five people you'd like to see if your location and the time allows yeah but then then have maybe like two absolute must-sees so like these, this is the thing that I absolutely want to be at 100% at this time nothing else could be better at that point on that day and then everything else just see what you can do and you, you've got the lineup on your phone you could just, most of the time at Glastonbury, we're just wandering around and then we kind of go, okay, what time is it? What's on right now? What's on nearby to our location right now? And then we just discover someone new. Yeah. We just go and have a wonder. Or we do some of the random stuff. That's the thing, Glastonbury, there's so many other things to see as we've talked about, but Glastonbury is the worst for that. There's so many different fields and, and places to be that aren't music that it actually, when you think of how many artists they have as well, it is impossible to see even you know 10% of what you thought yeah. you were going to see when you get there <laughs> it, as well because of the size of it it's just massive mm. getting around it all you just can't physically do it anyway I wouldn't even want to mm-hmm. try <laughs> yeah you get definitely get your steps in at Glastonbury don't you <laughs> definitely So I was going to ask you as well, do you ever feel sad when a festival finishes? Oh, massively. Um, I, I think it depends which festival and what, how far along in the season we are. If it's like the last festival of the season, which is usually, for me, Shambhala or Camp Wildfire, um, then, yeah, I, I do get really sad. Like, you know, that's it for another year. Um, I mean, it's a good thing I didn't know about what was going to happen this year. Last year, I, was, I would have been extra sad. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, Glastonbury is always the big one. The Glastonbury Blues is is a huge thing. I think I've probably cried it while driving on the way home. Probably, probably seven times out of ten. Oh. <laughs> and then you just get home and just feel so. I don't know. It's just so uh, Glastonbury, particularly. There's such an emotional connection to it. You know, you've been. You probably get it. There's. There's something about it that when you're there, it's a feeling that you don't get at any other festival. It's this kind of, I don't know, it really pulls on your heartstrings. Yeah. Um, and it's just this real beautiful, fabulous. You wake up in the morning and go, I would not want to be anywhere else in the world than where I am right now. And then the Monday is just one of those, you know, you pack up your tent, it takes ages. You look around the site, it's all winding down. You get out to your car and you go, God, that's it for another year. And it's worse when they have a fallow year and you know that's it for another two yeah. years. Um, 
and yeah it's just I, I don't know I, I do definitely get very sad it's very difficult to go back to work oh, well I never do on after Glastonbury I normally have to take like Monday Tuesday and potentially Wednesday off after Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah. um but the other festivals it, it, it it's quite difficult to go back to work you know the day after or something like that because you just you just well a you feel tired and drained which is probably a big factor of it I partied too um, hard <laughs> partied too hard yeah and not you know slept on a, a hard ground in a tent you know it's not exactly the most um revitalizing kind of way of sleeping so um and and then yeah you just kind of think well I just had the best time this weekend and now you know I'm back to my mundane life yeah you know people might not have mundane lives but you know what I mean it's just that kind of return to normality that makes you yeah, you do get a bit sad. I'm glad you? it's not just me. I get, like, really sad. I miss the glitter and the clothing, for starters. Like, I don't want to go back right. to wearing jeans and a top. It's so boring. And just sort of being outside and generally feeling free is such a great feeling. And then you're back yeah. to quite a regimented life, or I am anyway. And, mm. yeah, I just feel really sad. It's like, where's yeah. the glitter? Why am I not in a field with a warm cider? Like just enjoying myself. I do I do hate it to be honest. Um I suppose it's for people that are like big into Christmas when Christmas is over. It's that kind of feeling really. Yeah, similar. I think it's yeah, that's that's a good analogy actually, like you know, matching the two together. I think it's I, I don't know about you, I live in London, so it's that kind of you come home and then you get on the tube the next morning and you're like, Why isn't everybody just smiling at each other? Yeah. You've been at a festival where you'll turn to someone in the crowd and they'll just smile at you and be like, All right. Whereas then you get back to the commute and everyone's, you know, looking a bit glum and staring down at their phone and you you miss that kind of really... There's something about a festival where it's very inclusive and everybody feels a part of it and everybody feels that kind of magic, I guess. That, yeah. you know, I'm, at this, I'm at this great thing. I'm experiencing this thing with all of these people in this field. So you've got that, like, connection. And then you come back to a life where you don't necessarily have connections with the people that, that you... You travel to work to or something like that you don't have that same same connection so yeah it's a it's it is a big thing getting sad when when they finish I I fully agree I'm I'm the same as you Kat <laughs> as well what is your favorite aspect of a festival oh I guess we've kind of covered this but um um I mean there'll always be like those moments where um you've probably had this where everything kind of comes together and there's like this perfect so so I'll give an example um last year at Glastonbury uh Kylie Minogue played on the Sunday afternoon now I am not a Kylie Minogue fan in fact <laughs> I think on uh Glastonbury and, and within my friends people would say to me like oh are you excited about Kylie and I was like no absolutely not <laughs> not gonna go and see her blah 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 but as we got close to the festival um Within my group of mates, one of my friends is a bit of a Photoshop wizard and she photoshopped another of my friends' faces onto the iconic like Kylie Minogue in the white drapey outfit yeah. thing. Uh, and then we printed it off as a flag uh, and that was going to be <laughs> our flag at camp. Uh, and then the person who actually, it was a guy called Tom, uh, he actually bought the white drapey outfit. So... <gasps> We all decided, right, on Sunday, we're all going to get dressed up. And this is a group, you know, my group of friends that goes to Glastonbury, there's about 30, 35 of us. And we're like, right, we're all going to go to Kylie. We're going to take the flag down. We're all going to dress up. <laughs> and it was just like beautiful sunshine. Everybody was a bit drunk. This, you know, everybody was just in the perfect mood. 
I, I don't think I smiled. I mean, I always am constantly smiling at Glastonbury, but after that Sunday, it physically hurt me the next day because oh. I was just laughing and smiling so much. Uh, and yeah, my, my friend Tom was dressed as Kylie and his boyfriend Ian was dressed as Miley because Miley Cyrus was playing as well. Oh so God. they were Kylie and Miley. <laughs> and it was just, we were all dressed in our like festival sequin finest and even the boys were all covered in glitter. And it was just one of those like really perfect couple of hours you know what I mean yeah so those are those are the kind of moments that I really live for at festivals but but also this is gonna sound a bit weird but I really enjoy the mornings at festivals when you wake up and you've got your mates and you sort of sit outside your tent and you have a bit of I don't know either pot noodles or like cereal bars for breakfast or whatever (laughs) you're gonna have um and you all let's be honest you look a bit rough when you first come out of the tent but you spend the next you know hour or so chatting and you know, feeling making yourself feel a bit better and baby wiping everything, yeah. <laughs> and putting makeup on and whatever. And it's just it's quite a nice kind of moment in the morning. I think it's quite chill and it it bonds everybody together. And then you sort of go right, what's our plan for the day, guys? And it sets you up for the day, and then off you go. Uh, it's a bit of a weird thing to like about festivals, but I think I just like camping with your mates. So it's that kind of moment in the morning where you're all just in a tent getting ready. I like it. No, I know what you mean. I think one of my favourite things, it's it's a simple thing, but is when you've got your tent pitched, everything's sorted, mm. and you just sit down and have your first drink of the day. That is, for me, is one of my favourite things when you first get Oh, there. I love that. It's so yeah, good. It, I, it's just the perfect moment. You're like, right, okay, I've done all the uh, admin, let's say, like the, the, you know, the horrible, some of the queues for festivals, Glastonbury particularly, like queues are long, you have to walk a real, real long yeah. way from your car carrying all of your stuff it's really early in the morning but you're right once you've dumped everything down you whack up your tent you crack that first cider and you just sit in your chair and you're like yeah I'm here I'm arrived all I have ahead of me is fun yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) great moment and for me it's like hearing that one song you've wanted to hear all weekend and you're generally a little bit merry at this point as well and it's just like perfect Mm. I, I can't even remember the band right now but I remember watching someone on stage at secret garden party and the sun was setting and it was just beautiful and i was a little bit merry and i'm just dancing away and it was just the perfect feeling i can't really describe it but you get those at festivals i think this this feeling and yeah i just i just love every aspect of festivals really yeah same i mean yeah even even the things that people go oh no i'm not sure i could could survive like that that's why I talked about you know getting up in the morning and baby wiping yourself yeah. you know whatever like I, I quite like that um don't get me wrong by day five you are a bit like and, and you hope well I I start having showers now I didn't used to when I first started going to festivals but <laughs> I definitely queue for the shower now but that that's what I mean you know those those kind of moments where you just look at your mates and you just have massive smiles on and you look at each other and kind of go this is a perfect moment and you, yeah. you just sort of say that with your eyes do you know what I mean like sun setting exactly I just I haven't really found that that really happens anywhere else really maybe if you're on the beach with your friends it's a similar kind of feeling but there's something about when there's a band playing that everybody can sing along the words to um another one at Glastonbury last year was was the killers like I wasn't wasn't really that fussed about but they were headline they were the one headline on the pyramid stage I was going to see but you forget how many songs that they have yeah and again all of my mates were just like screaming the words like arms around each other like hugging and putting people on our shoulders and all this kind of stuff it's just it's just a really nice kind of bonding moment I love it definitely 
<laughs> so, for newbies in particular, have you got any like packing tips, essentials, or hacks, or anything like that? Oh, that is a tough one. Because um, I don't know I, about I, I you. Know Sorry, but I don't know about you. Yeah, when no, I no, first no. went to a festival, I packed so much pointless shit that I never used and just like bulked out my bag unnecessarily. But I feel like as as you go to more, you kind of get it down to a T with what to take a bit better. Well, I, I'll be honest. I am not the lightest of packers. Okay. <laughs> all, all of my friends like think like, because I... I Last year, I invested in a, tro- in a trolley for festivals. Oh, I have one. I know, I know how good they are. <laughs> Welcome oh, to absolute, the club. <laughs> absolute game changer. Um, but even before then, I am the sort of person that will pack twelve outfits, and then, as I said, I just like I, I sort of maybe half plan an outfit, and then we'll just mix and match, and 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 who who knows? But <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good. I, I I have slimmed down the things that I definitely don't need anymore. I used to bring a lot of food with me um and I mean I've done festivals at all ends of the money scale well maybe not all ends but I've done it where I've had you know literally 30 pound cash yeah. and just brought you know booze with me and as much food as I could with me and just lived on 30 pounds uh, over six days at Glastonbury but then I've you know done festivals where I'm like no I'm gonna buy drinks and I'm gonna buy food and whatever so I've now kind of trimmed that down so I I just bring uh, breakfast bars, which I mentioned, I bring um, like a, a string bag of oranges uh, and then some crisps and weirdly some baby bells. Like, I have this weird thing Ooh. that I bring baby bells to the festivals because they survive quite well in their in their wax things. That is uh, a if you good keep them shout. in a cool part of the tent. Yeah, yeah, they work really well. So there's something about having cheese in the morning, which just <laughs> feels like a luxury when you're in a tent. Um, so I've slimmed that down. Um, as far as like other essentials, let me think. Um, well, I mean, me being redhead, I always have to bring multiple lots of sun cream. That's a real essential. Yeah, like, I think it, everyone should do that, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, even not as a redhead, I am very much over, like, saying to my friends, you're going to be outside. There's no, it's not like normal where you're going in between shops or you're going from office to a bar or something like that. You are in the elements for 12 to 15 hours a day kind of thing. Like you need to be protected of some kind. I mean, this has definitely been an essential for a couple of years now, but portable chargers, um, I bring two or three, um, like one really big one and then two or three little ones. That's a good Um, idea. Yeah, because I keep a little one in my bum bag uh, and then I keep the big one in my tent and then overnight I'll charge both my phone and the little charger. And then I'll take that yeah so that's the way to do it um reason being because you know i know people sort of say i'll put your phone away you're at a festival but my phone is my camera and that is the main thing i care about so when i'm with my friends a lot of the time my phone is on airplane mode like i don't i'm 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 not much of a you know i'm I'm not going live on instagram or something like that at the time i'll take loads of videos and share them afterwards but um I'm, i'm not really one to be you know on my phone in that kind of respect but photos are such a big thing for me I probably take between 1,000 and 2,000 photos per festival I just am obsessed it's just my I've always been photo obsessed um and I would be devastated if I had run out of battery and couldn't take photos um so for me that's a big thing portable chargers um anything else well I'll tell you what I know I've mentioned that 
I'm a rubbish packer. <laughs> but one thing that a lot of my mates do do, if you are trying to re- reduce space, so say, for example, you're traveling to a festival by coach or by train or something like that, you're not like me, you can't take four different bags and a trolley and a whatever and an ever. Um, if you do plan out your outfits beforehand, the best thing to do is to put each one in a plastic bag, you know, with things like it, any accessories that go with it or anything like that, put it all in a plastic bag and then tie it up. Um, because you'll find, especially if you're in a smaller tent, the most annoying thing is in the morning, if you haven't done this, you'll be digging through your stuff. Like, I know I had some earrings in here. <laughs> yeah. I know I had socks for the, you know, specific socks that I would need to wear with these wellies or whatever, and you won't find them. So it, it's uh, what a lot of my friends do is they sort of go, right, okay, here's five outfits, including, you know, underwear, socks, uh, if they need a belt or a bum bag, something like that. Uh, any accessories that go with it they put it all in one bag tie it up and then they do that for sort of five six outfits and then they can easily find things that, and it saves space as well you can kind of crush things up a bit that is a good idea i've just mm. thought of something of my own which mm-hmm. i hadn't even considered until now but maybe this makes me a bit of a diva who knows but mm. when i used to go to festivals when i was single i would have a tent mm. on my own <laughs> and say to my friends like bring your own tent i'm having my own and it's a free man, oh. so I've got loads of room to put all of my shit, basically. <laughs> you can't sleep with me because all of my stuff is going on the other side of the tent. But um, <laughs> maybe I'm just very selfish. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, to be honest, I, I share my tent with people. Like if, if a friend of you know says, oh, you know, can I bunk in with you? That's fine. But I have a five-man tent. Oh, wow. And I will have... Yeah, I, I will have maximum one other person in that tent with me. <laughs> so, so I'm exactly the same. I'm like, I have a lot of stuff, including the trolley. Uh, and I have a lot of headdresses that take up a lot of space. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of like, you can sleep in my tent, but you stay on your side. And there will be a lot of stuff in this tent. <laughs> so I'm oh, exactly the same. Oh, I'm pleased. Oh, I'm glad it's not yeah. just me. I think as well for me, it's like... <laughs> I've always taken a onesie to sleep in because at night it gets bloody freezing mm. and I hate waking up like freezing cold. So that's another one. And if, I don't know, I also take earplugs and an eye mask because yeah. I find the constant flooding of the music when you're trying to sleep is a pain in the ass. Or there's someone shouting Dave in the middle of the tent mm. who's lost. Um, and the sunlight in the morning is pretty savage if you're trying to like sleep anytime from sort of six onwards in the morning so (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good shout actually I mean uh, a lot of people don't realize even if you know uh it's a scorcher of a festival a lot of the time that means it will be extra cold at night because there's no clouds so it means at night it goes it goes from hot to freezing so uh, to build on top of your tip I would just say have like a day pack or a little backpack that you can just shove a layer in if you've got one of those like little um I know it ruins your outfit, but, you know, your outfits are all for the daytimes anyway, let's be honest. Um, but if you're going out of an evening at a festival, if you if you can get like a long sleeve top that folds up really small, shove that in, in your bag with you because, you know, if you're walking home at two, three in the morning back to your tent, you will find it is freezing yeah. cold. Um, and then you'll get in your tent, you'll pile loads of layers on. And then you'll wake up at 7.30 and be sweating. Yeah. <laughs> throwing them off again. So it's all about layers at festivals, definitely. But I think if you can take a bag round with you, just a little one that you can put a little 
uh, long sleeve top or maybe a hoodie that you can tie around your waist or something. Yeah. Just if you're yeah. if you're going, you know, from a headliner and you're going to go and find I don't know the the techno tent or whatever you're doing, just take something with you that because when you leave you will be real real cold. Definitely. It's so, a good shout. So another thing I've got to ask might be a bit controversial. I don't know, but sheepies, <laughs> yay or nay? Oh. <laughs> It's so surprising how many people ask me this. It's so funny. It's one of those things that people go, first of all, oh, have you used the shiwi? Um, <laughs> so per- personally, I'm not a fan of the, the, plastic, the, the plastic ones that you would take around with you. Um, just because, so when I'm at, like, you know, out of a day at a festival, I only really have my bum bag. And then at night, I take a, a, a slightly bigger bag with me. But during the day, I don't really want to have a shiwi in my bum bag you know with yeah, my phone and whatever else <laughs> also i mean at a festival there aren't a, a lot of festivals there aren't really running taps or water so you you come out of maybe a portaloo or whatever it might be and there's not you can you can wipe it out with a bit of tissue or whatever but you know there's no real way to properly properly clean it let's yeah. say however um i keep I'm, I'm sure i'm talking about glastonbury more than anything else in this podcast but um <laughs> At Glastonbury, they uh, have two places on site um, that are run by WaterAid, the charity, and they they just say female urinals on them. Okay. Um, and and you go in and they give you um, like a recyclable cardboard one, uh, and it's ladies only in there. And then they and it's got like a, like the boys would have a urinal, but it's got dividers. So it's like a trough that you stand against, but it's got dividers so that you feel a bit like you're kind of enclosed. Yeah. And then, yeah, they give you this little cardboard thing that you fold out. And I've used that numerous times because it's actually, I mean, it does take a bit of getting used to, I will say. Like, <laughs> but being realistic, the first time you do it, you will probably get pee on yourself somehow. It's going to be down um, your leg, let's be honest. Yeah, it's going to be on your leg, you know, but you'll you'll notice once you've been at a festival, you'll be like, that's really not much of a bother, you know. <laughs> that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, you slap a bit of water on you, a bit of antibacterial and carry on. But anyway, um, but they, they are really good. And then they go in. So once you're done, you then put your cardboard in. They have like a bin next to it. And then that all gets composted. Um, oh, stuff that's that's in good. Um, and then as you leave, like it's a really nice area as well. It's probably the nicest, cleanest area of the site like compared to the the long drops at Glastonbury so they have like a big area of mirrors and stuff so you know if you're like me and you want to top up your glitter or check that your sun cream's you know not smudged your glitter all over your face or whatever there's actually room to do it in this area whereas in a normal toilet there's no mirror or anything so in the female urinals there is um and then there's loads of anti gel and it's just a really pleasant, if you just need a wee and you're looking at the queue for the main toilets and you go, oh, that looks horrendous, I need to pee really right now. It's a really good good solution for me. I think it's great what they do there. Um, I wish they would encourage, you know, do those at other festivals. Yeah. Um, they were great. I think for me, I have a shiwi that is for the tent and the tent only. So that when mm-hmm. you wake up in the morning, yeah. you're not thinking, oh dear God, I need to go right now and I can't because there's a massive queue. So that's the only time I personally use them. And mm. then the rest of the time, just try and like grizz it out really. But mm. if I can go to a festival where they have the female urinals, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'd be well up for that. <laughs> I definitely encourage it. 
And I, I see now why you don't, well, you didn't share your tent with anyone back in the day. Yeah. You're like, in the morning. <laughs> I need to pee. <laughs> Leave my tent immediately. <laughs> don't look out the bedroom. I'm just going to pee in the front porch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've done that before. Um, but God, this is probably a bit of TMI. This is what happens once you've had a couple of drinks. But um, I've done it before, but I haven't had one of those shiwis things. I've just... Uh, Used an empty Pringles can. <laughs> Inventive, I like it. <laughs> there's, there's your TMI for the episode, but um, but yeah, so I, I have done that before, and I do. I, that would probably be if I got a shiwi, that would probably be my use for it as well. I wouldn't carry it around with me, but you are right. Sometimes in the morning, you wake up and you're bursting, yeah, and you sort of poke your head out of the tent and look at the queue, and especially in the morning because that's you know you see that's the time of day when you see all the boys in the queue with the loo rolls, yeah. Uh, you know, so you just think, you look at that and go, no, I need to win. I need to win now. Yep. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, I think a shiwi would be good definitely for that reason. And then if you, you know, if you want to, anything goes at festivals, you know, you could walk out of a cubicle at a festival and go and wash a shiwi in, in a tap. Nobody would mind. Yeah, but, very true. you know, it's just, for me, it's, I, I, it's more, they're quite bulky. And when you've only got a bum bag, yeah. not worth it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any tips for like newbie festival goers uh, or anyone that's maybe like a bit dubious of the festival scene? Ooh, um, I think, you know, if, if you sort of go, oh, I, I don't know if I'll enjoy it, it's definitely worth going to a day festival first because they they aren't quite the same. They don't have the full, you know, we're all in this together, yeah. five days, let's do it kind of vibe. But if you're not sure at all, you kind of go, oh, I don't, I don't even know if I'd, you know, it's a lot of money for a weekend and mm. I don't know if I'd enjoy it. It's worth going to a day one to give it a go and, and see if that's what you want to do. You know, talking about the port if that's something you can put up with. Um, if you're up for just standing in a field in the baking sun, drinking cider all day, it's, it's a good way to start. Um, and then when you when you do kind of upgrade, I guess, to a camping festival, any tips? Um, I would I would definitely arrive with friends. It's very difficult at a festival if you arrive separate to friends and then try and find them. This is something I tell people all the time. Like festival sites, there's usually not great mobile phone signal. And if you're not arriving with the people you're going to camp with, it can be quite stressful yeah, for the first couple of hours. You're just true. trying to find your mates. So I would I would definitely say if it's your first one, and you've never been, to, or even if you've just never been to that particular festival before and you don't know the layout of the site, for example, it's it's a good idea to arrive with at least one of the people you're going to camp with. Um, uh, and beyond that, get yourself a good sleeping bag, like talking about how cold it gets at night. Like a good sleeping bag will keep you cold, uh, sorry, warm when you need to be warm, so overnight. And then in the daytime, it won't keep you a sweaty mess. Yeah. So if you have a lie until nine, so definitely invest in a sleeping bag. A sort of tenner job from a supermarket is not going to cut it. Um, and you do need your sleep because that's another thing. People go, oh, no, no, I'll be fine. You know, I'm drinking, I'll be partying. Sleeping's not worth it. When you're doing three, four days on the trot and you might be sleeping realistically four hours, maybe five hours of good sleep yeah. a night. And that sometimes even that is, you might be more like, three hours a night (laughs) you really want to make sure that the sleep you do get is is really really good sleep um 
So like just thinking about how you're going to, you know, good sleeping uh, bag, good sleeping mat. Um, and just, you know, remember to eat is another thing. Yeah. People get really hyped up and they kind of go like, ah, and run around. And, and it's, you know, as I said, baking sun and you're drinking as well. And then you find you are out of energy or even worse, like fainting at sort of, you know, 5, 6 p.m. Yeah. I think you've got to like almost, yeah, set yourself kind of like, I'm going to have breakfast, lunch and dinner, or at <laughs> least, you know, two of those, let's say. Um, you need the energy to keep dancing, let's be honest. Absolutely, um, I think you've yeah, got to pace yourself as well. Because pace yourself, great tip. You want to you want to enjoy the whole thing, not just get excited on the first day and then feel like crap for the rest of it. You know. Oh yeah, I've had friends who get there, just you know, they look at the site of festival. Boomtown is is a really classic one for this because it looks unreal when you get to Boomtown. They they build essentially a city, and they have all these different districts that are. Uh, incredible it's like you, you feel like you're in a movie set wow. honestly um the amount of detail that goes into it but people arrive and they get there and they go oh my god this is amazing and then they just go right let's do it and then they just smash <laughs> drink after drink after drink um again they've probably been up since early in the morning to you know get there and put their tent up it's been a lot of work carrying their tent and then they go so hard that they just are zombies for the next at least day or two yeah and and the first day is never the best day at a festival just another like small tip like you might have a good time but the the sort of friday saturday sunday is 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 always going to you know beat the first day or so so don't go too hard too early is a great tip definitely i think as well for anyone who is a bit dubious like oh i don't know if i'd like to camp sort of thing if you can afford it if you've got the budget maybe go in like a camper van or do like glamping i mean i personally haven't ever done that but um maybe that would be an option for other people that are a bit dubious about the the roughing mm. it sort of thing i don't know but um yeah and yeah. also i think for newbies <laughs> i'm not condoning this or promoting it but make sure you smuggle your alcohol in very well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the thing like some festivals have quite you know tough restrictions and I, I, I get it's it's all for the bars and they need to make money, etc. But you know, when it when it costs so much for I drink spirits a lot of time. So yeah. if, if you get a double vodka and coke, sometimes at a festival that's gonna cost you well over a tenner. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm of the same. If you can smuggle a bit in, like don't go mad, don't outdo yourself. But yeah. if you can, there are ways to do it. Um and on your camper van glamping point, like I actually had never done the glamping thing until last year. Uh, and then I went to a couple of festivals uh, in a kind of glamping situation. So one was noisily. And don't get me wrong, it, it is amazing. Yeah. It was at, at the end of the festival, I was going, how am I going to go back to living in my little tent with my <laughs> crappy bed? <laughs> it was just luxury big time. But th- that's the only thing is that it, it, if you start with that, it does set a bit of a precedent like of... And, okay, to, to try and give you the bad side of, of glamping or, or camper vanning, you, you, it doesn't have the same vibe yeah. in the campsite. Um, you do feel a bit removed from the festival. Sometimes that's nice. Like, right, I've had my party day. I need to sleep. I want to just kind of, you know, not, not, not feel like I'm in the middle of the festival still. But it does feel a little bit like you're going off to a hotel or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not, I'm not part of the whole experience so like being in a tent is it is a great way to do it just 
just prepare yourself and maybe have a trial run maybe like grab your mates and go to a campsite just for one night you know somewhere near the beach or something and give it give it a go just so you've got an idea before you go that is a good idea definitely Mm. so you mentioned already that you have a podcast on Glastonbury so I didn't know Mm -hmm. if you wanted to tell the listeners a little bit about what they can expect from your podcast Oh, yeah. Sorry, I've just sort of mentioned it in passing, haven't I? I think I'm wrong. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Glastocast, uh, me and a couple of friends started it just probably about a year and a half ago now. Uh, and it was very much on a whim. We kind of realised that there wasn't... We're, we are Glastonbury nerds. You can probably tell, even just from this podcast, I've mentioned it God knows how many times, but it is my favourite. It is their favourite as well. Um and we just have a lot of knowledge about it, having gone for so many years between us. Uh, and it is such a different experience, even from any other festival. Yeah. Uh, we, we sort of got together and went, what would be nice is if we did like a little mini podcast series of like six episodes that were almost, uh, if, if you're a Glastonbury newbie, I've got my ticket, now what? Yeah. That was, that was kind of the brief as such. <laughs> so we're like, a guide to somebody who's never been before, um, what things do we feel that they need to know before they go? Um, and yeah, we, we, we started it and uh, we've never done anything like it before. Um, luckily, we have Miguel, who is this, well, audio incredible. I don't want to call him. Well, he is a bit of an audio nerd, but he's <laughs> great at what he does. Um, and he uh, so he, he's our editor and he was the one who kind of put our episodes together. But We've gone beyond that now. So we did six episodes on, uh, you know, if I've never been before, what do I need to know? We did things like, where should I camp? Uh, how do arrivals work? Um, what do I need to pack? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we've just been continuing very sporadically, I will say. We're not as organised as you, so we don't have as many. Uh, we don't, you know, plan a whole season and have one coming <laughs> out every week. Um, I wish we could. Um it, it's it's been really good fun. Like we talk about different areas of Glastonbury because there's so many different um, places. It's not just, you know, arena and campsite. There's, you know, theatre and circus field, green field, et cetera, et cetera. So we've tried to do an episode on each one or that's what the plan is. We're working through them at the moment. Um, yeah, so if you've ever been interested in Glastonbury uh, or if you've ever been uh, or if you've never been but now have a ticket for 2021, um, then give it a listen. It's it's just three friends chatting, as I have done to you today, about what we love about the festival. Um, and it's not just for newbies. There's a lot of stuff in there that will make the veterans smile as well and a lot of good information. So oh, it's wicked. just, uh, yeah, us chatting about our favourite thing in the world. I think you're probably the best people to do it, seeing as you are so into Glastonbury. You know everything that people need to know about going. Oh, I mean, there are people who are a, a, a much... I don't want to say better than me, but, you know, who have been longer than me and who are much more ingrained as me. But I think I've still got that. I, th- I think most people with Glastonbury, if they've been going for that long, they're now probably working at the festival. Yeah. Like, people love it that much that after a certain number of years, they go, yep, I mean, I'm so involved in this now that I'm going to do this for work. You know, whether they're a trader or they volunteer or, I don't know, they even necessarily work for the festival themselves. Um, I find myself at that, borderline at the moment like I, I really think that um maybe 21 uh 2021 or 2022 I think I'm gonna have to start working at the festival because I feel like it's given me so much 
but I want to give back to it now, if you know what I mean. Oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's nice thing to say. That's but, pretty um, cool. Yeah. My final question for you mm-hmm. for this podcast is, well, it would have been what festivals are you doing this year? But obviously, mm. well, who knows what we're doing this year? I mean, have you got any mm. plans for later in the year? Well, at time of recording, um, the three at the moment that are still going ahead, or maybe four, or at least we haven't heard from, um, I'm going to Neverworld, uh, Boomtown Fair, Shambhala, and Camp Wildfire, and possibly Mucky Weekender as well. So actually, that's five. Bloody hell, just a few. Just just a few. um, But yeah, I mean, we we shall see. Um, I'm really hoping... Even if just one of them or two of them goes ahead, I just, I need, well, I'm saying this sitting in my bedroom, just longingly looking out the window, but I just need one weekend of dancing in the field with my friends. So let's hope at least one of them goes ahead. But um, yeah, all, all of them would, will be great. And if, if they get to go ahead. Yeah, I've got my fingers crossed for you. The only one I have on my um, list for this year is uh, Mistress Mary. Um, Ooh. that's in June but who who knows not June sorry July but who knows where we'll be in July touch wood mm-hmm. it will be going ahead because like you I just need to have that weekend where I get to just let go and have a laugh in a field drink and be merry basically <laughs> yeah I think Mistress Mary is a bit of a smaller one so th- this is what I'm hoping is that maybe the smaller ones you know, with with some sort of safety precautions or something, I don't know, any extra bits they have to build in, maybe they'll go ahead. Yeah, touch wood. That, that's what I'm hoping. But, you know, if they don't, obviously it's the best in the best, you know, uh, it's for safety's sake and, and, and that's a good thing and, you know, I won't moan. But it's that kind of thing that we're sitting here and kind of thinking, well, hopefully it'll go ahead. Let's see. Touch wood. We shall see. Yeah. And in the future, I would love personally to do Burning Man Festival because it looks amazing. It's like on my bucket list. And obviously Glastonbury in the future. My other half has never been, so I have to introduce mm. him to it. He's, he's not lived. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Burning Man has been on my list for years. And I've actually got a friend who runs a camp in Burning Man. And he's been con- trying to convince me for years and years to go. Um, but it's just been a kind of a combination of like money and holiday from work yeah. that I've, I, I keep putting it off, but I've been, you know, it, it's that apart from like Glastonbury is the, is the biggest, what I would say traditional festival in the world. Yeah. Like Burning Man is a, is a whole different ball game. Yeah. Where it's like the biggest, craziest. I don't know how I'd fare in a desert for a week, but yeah, you know, I want to give it a go. About. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, but I think that one's been cancelled this year, hasn't it? So that almost makes me feel a bit better that I can plan for next year and, and actually maybe commit to it this time because I keep putting it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you do, I'd love to read about it. So definitely blog it if you do go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the Prosecco sessions and talking all about festivals. I really want to go to one right now, which obviously isn't going to happen. But um, no, it's been great hearing like all your tips and tricks and... Uh, what you'd recommend and sort of how you feel about it all. Oh, thank you for having me. Honestly, to be fair, I, I, I'm exactly the same as you. I'm sitting here chatting about it going, God, 
I want to be in the field right now. But, <laughs> where's my you know. glitter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where's my glitter? I might literally put some glitter on my face and go and grab another glass of wine or Prosecco and go and sit out in my garden. Oh, I might have to do the same, you know. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> oh. Thank you for having me, honestly. It's been brilliant. Thank you. You have been listening to the Prosecco Sessions with me, your host, Kat Raymond. If you love it, sub it. And if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to rate it five stars and share so others can find it. Thank you so much for listening and tune in for the next episode.